Trading Nut, episode 97. We always have this ratio that we always tell our students that Forex should be 80% psychology, 15% technical and fundamental analysis, and 5% luck because um, there are factors in the Forex market that you can't control. And also, just going by that ratio, you can already see that psychology is the most important and to me, personally, the main key that will determine you uh, being a the, the difference between a successful and a consistent uh, forex trader as compared to a break-even or a, a drawdown trader. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. Before we start, I'd like to thank our sponsored partner for today's episode, City Traders Imperium. Now, CTI has one of the world's best funded accounts and learning platforms all in one. Get a CTI Forex funded account today and advance a step closer to achieving your personal freedom. To find out more, head over to citytradersimperium.com. That's citytradersimperium.com. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got a two for the price of one special. We've got Camille and Jerome, two traders there from Radical Forex in Singapore. I've got them both on the show here answering my questions and also jumping on a price chart afterwards and sharing with us a unique a unique uh, approach, which I'm, I know you'll love and I know you'll learn a lot from because um, Jerome goes into a lot of detail on this one. Okay, so uh, guys, that's coming up. That's all over there on tradingnut.com. You'll be able to see that uh, video there or on the YouTube channel. Now, talking about the YouTube channel, before we get into the show, uh, we, there's, like, we're having so many live streams at the moment. I've got uh, scalping competition, scalper versus scalper, trading competition, trader versus trader, which is currently not running, but um, we've got trading versus replay challenge. So there's uh, at least two live streams happening a week here on Trading Nut. Uh, at most, we might get three. If you do want to take part in the scalping or the uh, the trading trader uh, trading view replay challenge, then please hit me up on Instagram, and I'll see if I can get you on there. Now, another thing that you know YouTube's uh, renowned for is its merch, and I haven't had merch here on Trading Up for years, and I've wanted to, and I could never work out what it was I was going to create. So I've finally, finally, finally had a, a stroke of genius and have come up with something which is very quirky, very different, not something you'll see in the trading space ever, anywhere, probably in the future, or uh, it would have seen in the past. It's merchandise that you can get. I, I haven't finished it yet. It's still in development. I did give a sneak peek on one of the live streams if you do want to scroll through the hours of footage over there you'll you'll find it near the end i whipped up only for a second a quick look at the uh at what what this merch might look like in fact it's sort of evolved from there but uh, i've got an artist doing it i think it's going to look pretty cool uh very quirky trader specific uh i hope you guys are going to love it anyway enough from me on that now um the other thing i do want to talk about is a book that I'm reading, or not reading, I'm listening to it at the moment, it's uh, Na- Napoleon Hill's second book, the one that wasn't released originally. It's called Outwitting the Devil, okay? So uh, this is, well, I had no idea what it was about. I heard a podcast years ago which would constantly mention it, saying you've got to listen to this book. Uh, I had never done it, and I finally decided to do it, I think it was last week. And I've got to say, it's a really good book, especially for for really honing your mental um, uh, your mental, your mentality, mentality. Yeah, it's good for your mental health. It's good for your mental health. It's good for either reinforcing uh, your men- mental health or um, trying to fix your mental health if you're struggling with it. So, guys, worthwhile checking out. I didn't realize it was about that, but it's a it's a fantastic um, book. Really fascinating. Do recommend it. Now, uh, before we jump into this, the other thing that's going on here is I've got these trading robots that I'm running. Just notice that the one that I'm giving away for free, and I'll put this up on Instagram, the one I'm giving away for free has already made 86% on a very, like a very small live account this year. 
Uh, but it's fantastic to see. It's, it's managed to make 86%. Will that continue? Will it still be 86%? I don't know. But anyway, long story short, I'm giving that away as part of my Robot Builders Club free training. So if you do want to check that out, head over there. And if you do want to build your own trading robots, learn how to do it really quickly. Probably the quickest and um, best method for building trading robots that I've ever come across is something I teach. It's at my Robot Builders Club. So guys, go and check that out as well. Um, now, let's get on with it. Let's do the show. Here we go. Uh, Jerome and Camille. All right, folks, here we are. We've got Radical Forex here on the show. We've got Camille and we've got Jerome, who have been recommended to me by one of my listeners. They said, look, some of the stuff that these guys are doing is fantastic. So, guys, welcome all the way from Singapore to the show. How are things uh, with you both? Hey, uh, uh, everything's going well. Everything's going well. Yeah, everything's going well with trading. Everything goes well with the, the, the mentorship and everything. So, yeah. Great to great great to be here. Cool, brilliant. Well, look. Um, so we've got we've got two of you here. So we've got Camille and we've got Jerome. So Camille, do you want to start off by just sort of like introducing yourself quickly? How how um how long have you been doing forex? And and then we'll go on to Jerome. Okay. Uh, so I've been doing forex for about the five years. I started when I was nineteen. Uh, prior to that, I was trading stocks for the past. Uh, one year. So I was dabbling into stocks, but then ultimately I moved into Forex as I believe that it was more, there was more volatility and there's more liquidity in the FX market. So I jumped on that opportunity and never looked back since. And Jerome? Uh, for me, I started trading Forex about, uh, I would say one year ago, but before, prior to Forex, I had uh, experience trading the crypto market. And um Actually, a cool thing to know is that actually coming over here is actually my, my first mentor in, in, in Forex because um, basically he was uh, recommended by a mutual friend and uh, I was looking to, to, to change uh, into the Forex industry and then after that, uh, I got him to mentor me and then after that, uh, yeah, then the rest is history. Brilliant. So I think what we'll do today is we'll get into uh, into the. I mean, we've got a whole. We've got literally the whole raft here. So we've got stocks to forex, crypto to forex, crypto now. Um, so I think this is going to be really interesting for the guys listening to get a feel for uh, like the whole spectrum of, of you know instruments that you can trade. So to start off with, um, let's go with you, uh, Camille. Let's hear your story from really at the very beginning. What got you into it? Uh, and I'm going to dive in and ask you a few questions around around this to to really help people understand, you know, what made you different, what why it is you're, you're able to su- yeah, succeed in the forex markets. Mm-hmm. So basically, the the reason why I started is it's a bit stupid because uh, I was watching uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Then I, I saw how much money they could make from trading trading stocks. So that that was what got me dabbling into the markets. So. Because uh, I personally like uh, cars, so basically, cars in Singapore are really, really expensive. Uh, so you, if you want to get a car, you need like substantial amount of money. So that that was what got me into stock trading at first. So after I watched The Wolf of Wall Street, then I started reading up on stocks, but it was more on value investing. So because of that, the there wasn't much money to be made in the short term. So I was after about a year, I think I was getting pretty decent returns on my stocks. So uh, a year in, I think I was up about 20%. I think that wasn't <laughs> too bad in hindsight. Um, but uh, when I first moved into Forex, uh, the returns were quite, quite literally quite crazy because uh, I didn't really know how to risk manage properly. So basically all the trades I went, <laughs> I went into when I first started trading Forex was all full margin trades. So, <laughs> yeah. So I basically flipped my $2,000 account into 20000 in like two two weeks, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so yeah, but, and by doing that full margin, I mean like you literally lose one trade and you're done, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So literally my first, my first trade was 100%. Because I started with a $2,000 account. Then I went... I went short on goal, I think. For I went two lots short on goal. Then I made uh, about thousand eight USD. Yeah. <laughs> so almost one to one. <laughs> yeah, almost one to one. Almost one to one. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. that because of that, then like there was this bad cycle. So 
I didn't know how lot sizing worked. So what I did was my first trade was two lots. Then uh, because previously there was this there was this guy that sort of like told me about FX, right? So he was telling me, yeah, like your lot sizing is <laughs> proportional to your account size. So like he said, like if your if your account is at two thousand, use two lots. If your account is at three thousand, use three oh, lots. So right. yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. And he didn't sort of tell you where to put the stop loss as well. So oh yeah, uh, I didn't. So I didn't trade without. I didn't, I didn't trade with any stop loss or anything. Oh right. So you were really sort of trading it like an investment. Like I'm investing in this um this forex pair and i'm you know I'll, i won't put a stop loss in because i'm not intending to get out until i make some money okay interesting yeah um and and so okay you talked about a guy you, you were learning from obviously didn't sound like the best mentor at the time but uh yeah i mean how else did you did you learn from that's no, right how else did you learn what you know now and and how did that sort of journey go from there mm, so basically i learned like most after after the bad experience, I think I learned most of the things from baby pips and uh, like books. So like the candlestick trading Bible and whatnot. So basically, it's more of just uh, experimenting with what works for me. And at that time, there was this very, very famous, um, very famous gold trader on Instagram. She was, she's called uh, Dira the Gold Digger. I, yeah. I'm not sure if you've heard of her before. Uh, yeah, I've heard of her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was a huge fan of hers. Yeah. So basically, what I did was I was just trying to copy like whatever she did. So she only traded like gold. She mostly traded gold and GBP JPY at that time. Yeah. So I I mostly traded gold for my first uh, two three years. Okay. Yep. Then... Yeah. Okay. All right. So you weren't really doing forex. You were doing mainly gold and and. Um... And how did you do over that sort of you know after that initial twenty k, how did you mm-hmm. how did you go from there? I mean, did you just blow it all eventually, or what happened? Yeah, so after the first twenty k, I took like uh I took a, a big quite a big loss. I think I took a four thousand dollar loss or something. Then I just stabilized all my lot sizing at uh one lots to two lots. Then uh the next month I made I think uh four thousand. Then the month after I lost uh sixteen thousand. Yeah, <laughs> then that that was when I started like really looking at risk management and what and whatnot. Okay, so so how did you sort of stumble on the final strategy that you trade now? Mm, I think uh, because I after after any post that she made on Instagram, I would uh, basically I would screenshot all her posts and I was trying trying to figure out like what how she traded but i mean i i don't really know how she trades but what i know what i do know is that she does use the higher time frames and go into the lower time frames the top down analysis so that's mainly the gist of what i do so i identify the trends on the higher time frames i identify key levels on the higher time frames before moving down to the lower time frames and just reacting to those higher time frame levels yeah, so I would say it's a pretty simple strategy. Cool, cool. And and um, okay, let's jump into Jerome. So Jerome, how did you? Uh, oh, let's let's start off with how did you get into like trading in general? So cryptos. Uh, so actually, um, I was in secondary school, so I was relatively young at the time. About I would say this was about uh, four years back. Yeah, four years four years back. So actually, my first brush with crypto was uh, was kind of random. So um, back then, I think Bitcoin was still either rel- relatively unknown or was just getting on its hype. And so my friend just asked me if I wanted to purchase some um, Bitcoins and I, I, I purchased them. I remember I purchased my first batch of Bitcoins when it was around uh, $300, $360, $350. Wow. So uh, then I kind of forgot about it. And then after that, um, eventually I went for a, a, a crypto course. So that was uh, two years later, two and a half years later. And then after that, uh, I remember that I had some Bitcoins. And then I think um, just nice, it coincided with uh, the 2017 uh, Bitcoin bull run. So I dumped my bitcoins back then when it was about like nine nine 9.6 10k if i'm not wrong at the end of 2017 and then after that uh that was basically my first part of goal and then um how how i got into trading was because um, i knew that um 
basically after my uh, education, uh, highest education in Singapore, I wouldn't be going to university. University, so kind of looking for something to do. And then um, because uh, I mean I've read about the financial markets and stuff like that, so um, I was deciding between the stock market and the forex market. Um, but eventually, I chose the forex market because it was more liquid, and also because um, I had more friends, uh, considerable amount of friends. Uh, around me doing it as compared to the stock market. So I, I, I figured that if I chose the Forex market, at least I could look to these people for, for guidance or mentorship. Um, and then so I started trading the Forex market and I mentioned earlier, Carmen was actually my first uh, mentor. Um, and he taught me uh, the fundamentals. He taught me basically uh, swing trading in general, intraday trading. Um, and then when I went to practice it on my own and stuff, I realized that... Um, it didn't really suit my personality in the sense that I would say that I'm, I prefer to hold trades for a lesser period of time. So I prefer to be in and out of trades um, because for swing trading, you generally be in trades for about back then, I would say about like three to five or even over the weekend is also possible. Um, but I generally don't like to hold my trades that long. I don't like to go to sleep with my trades still active, my trades still running. So uh, I looked for... Uh, I would say a more aggressive and short-term uh, holding of trades, and therefore I turn to to scalping. So I would say that my trading style is uh, more is generally more based around scalping into intraday trading. Um, usually my entries would be for scalps, and then after that my uh, runners would, would 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 run into intraday trades. Um, so for scalping wise, um, I look around for for mentors, but in Singapore scalping. It's not really very established. We don't really have many famous scalping uh, scalpers per se. Um, therefore, I started looking over Instagram, and then I came across like one of the guests, uh, Wicks Don't Lie, and he has uh, his New York live streams and every about six thirty p.m. in uh, Singapore time. So I started looking into his live streams, attending his live streams and stuff like that, and started like just picking up uh, any bits of uh, nuggets or knowledge that I could get over there and incorporate into. Um, my own trading style with a lot of backtesting and then um yeah basically here we are right cool so so yeah. you guys trade completely different styles jerome is that right uh yeah i i still do swing trading uh i would say i'm a hybrid but uh my main focus would basically be on uh scalping so under radical basically camille focuses on the uh higher higher long-term like scalping intraday parts of trading while i just basically focus on the more aggressive scalping Okay, and do you want to quickly give the guy, the listeners out there a bit of an insight into how you find uh, the difference between trading the crypto market and trading the Forex market? Trading the crypto and trading the Forex market. Um, I, would say, I would say fundamentals. Fundamentals is one of the biggest difference. So, um, yeah, fundamentals is just generally one of the biggest difference because in, in, your, in your FX market, um, you have your... your your, your major currencies and stuff like that, and each of them are in, in, impacted by uh, each country's or, uh, or the economic climate news and stuff like that. But with the with the crypto arena, we don't really have that much of a big impact in terms of news as compared to, obviously, the uh, financial news. Because, I mean, like, I mean, just just with just with Forex, per se, just with the, the, the US dollar, I mean, um, news aside, you have... Um, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump just tweeting something and then after that, you know, USD could spike up or down. But we don't really necessarily have that in crypto. So I guess that's one of the main differences. And also, um, the main difference or the main reason why I shift into Forex was because um, Forex was more of like, uh, like it, it had a longer term history. And also for me, basically, crypto, crypto-wise, I just wanted... To, to take on an approach of a just buy and hold approach and not so much of actively trading it. Um, but I could do that more in, in, in Forex. Yeah. Cool. And, um, okay, right. So, Camille, uh, do you want to give the guys a little bit of an insight into uh, some, I suppose, the style of your trading, um, what timeframes you focus on, winning percentage, risk to reward, that sort of thing? Okay. So, um, the style that I so I mostly do intraday to midterm swings. I I don't really hold my trades for long term. 
So um, the time frames that I usually look at would be the monthly, weekly, daily, four hour and one hour. So basically what uh, the monthly, weekly and daily is to determine the direction. Then uh, four hour and one hour is for trade control. So by trade control, what I mean is the trade management. So whether when, when I move my stop loss or where I look for entries. And what what's your uh, winning percentage? Uh, win percentage about sixty percent, and and was... my risk to reward is minimum one to one point five. Okay, and how many trades do you reckon you get out a week? Um, so every week I take about maybe three to five trades maximum. Yep, but uh, usually I look so basically when I look for entries, if I can. I would try to let them try to hold them as much as possible. So I would have multiple TPs, like uh, up to maybe TP four. I'll leave TP four to leave the rest of the position to run. Yep. And how many instruments are you monitoring when you're looking for these trades? Um, generally about three to five. Yeah. So basically, since because we do the radical live streams and all that. Yeah, so we do live chart analysis. So basically, when we go through trade trades with the students, we actively will look out for trades for ourselves. And but I mostly focus on on gold. So previously, I mostly focused on gold. Um, but this this year, I took the short the short for oil down all the way. Yeah, okay. so that was that was a pretty substantial short. Uh, and prior to that, I was just mainly trading gold and GBP, JPY. Okay. And um, what about you, Jerome? What what's, uh, what time frames are you analyzing? Uh, for me, I also use top-down analysis. Uh, so I'll look at the monthly, the weekly, the daily, down to the four-hourly. Uh, but the main difference uh, between me and Camille is that uh, my execution time frames will be on the 30 minutes or 15 minutes. So that will be basically on the 30 minutes and the 15 minutes is where I will look for my trades. And also, uh, basically, how I manage my trades will all be um, based off that uh, time frame as well, the lower time frames. Yeah. And what winning percentage do you normally get? Uh, I would say about, on average, 50 to about 65% per month. Yeah. And what's your risk to reward ratio on, on those trades on average? Uh, risk to reward for my scalps would generally be about one to one or one to one point five. Uh, that's for my scalping trades, swing trades. Then I will just generally look for higher risk to reward, like one to two point five and stuff like that. Okay, cool. And how many pairs are you monitoring? Uh, for me, I mainly specialize in, in all the pound pairs. Uh, mainly GP, JPY, GP, USD, and GP CAT. Um, those are for the forex pairs. Uh, I look at indices like the Dow. And uh, I used to trade gold, but I don't trade gold anymore. Yeah, but mainly, so mainly I would say now the financial instruments that I look in is just GBJPY, GBUSD, and GBPCAT. And how many how many trades are you getting out a week? A week, a week I would say anywhere from about like 10 to 20, maybe in between. Yeah, in between would be a good number. Okay, yeah. cool. And uh, we'll stay with you, Jerome. What does your typical trading day look like then? Okay, so um, I used to trade the uh, Asian session. So basically, uh, for, for, for Singapore time, for, for your listeners who, who are not familiar, um, our Asian, the Asian market is uh, Singapore time, basically about uh, anywhere from about 6 a.m. all the way through to about 11 a.m. And then the London session will start, free London will start about 1 all the way to about 5, 6 o'clock. And then that's when New York will kick in from uh, 6 p.m. all the way through to about like uh, 11 uh, p.m., 12 midnight. So personally for me, I used to trade the Asian session, but I don't do that anymore because um, uh, like what Camille said, we have our live streams with our students and that can get pretty late into the night. So um, yeah, can't possibly wake up for Asian session. So right now, how my trading routine looks like would be I will wake up about like 11 a.m., about 12 noon. I'll get a cup of coffee and get some exercise in. And then after that, I'll go on and look at the markets, how it, it trended overnight. I'll look at uh, any important news. And uh, basically, from there, I'll do my pre-market analysis. And then after that, I'll start trading pre-London about 1 p.m. I'll trade it through all the way to uh, New York. 
at about uh, 11 p.m., 12 midnight. Um, then, yeah, that's basically how my whole training day goes. And... Cool. And what about you, Camille? Um, so for myself, I mostly do my analysis on the weekends. So I'll, but like, because you see, for top down analysis, um, basically all your levels and all that are already in your charts, like, because you've been doing it for so long. So uh, basically, I'll just monitor, like, which levels are broken, which levels are respected. Then I'll just plot out which, basically, which pairs I'll be looking at for the next week. And I'll plot up the alerts and levels that I might be interested in. And I'll check the news events for the next week to see what's happening next week for whichever pairs that I want to trade. And if the news, basically, if the forecasted news is good for my my trade, then I would most probably take the trade. Or if it's not, not that good, then I usually will stay out. Um, but mostly it's all pre it's all done on the weekends so basically what i do on weekdays is just waiting for my entries and whatsoever uh, also because i have i'm actually in university right now so uh, i have spent time in university and also balance my trading so uh, I, I wouldn't really spend too much time on the charts on the weekdays okay and can i ask what you're studying on at university yeah, uh, I'm studying real estate at uh, NUS, National University of Singapore. Okay, cool. Uh, right, now, what about, thinking about, we'll stay with you, Camille. What do you think made you different from like the other traders out there that are struggling with this, can't make it happen? Do you think you had any special traits, or do you think you did something different from what, what a lot of other people were doing? Um, okay, honestly, I, I don't think there's anything special that makes me stand out or anything, because... Uh, uh, but I think the first portion of it was a lot due to luck. So, I, I mean, we can't discount the fact of that luck luck is prevalent in trading. So, um, I think if I didn't have that first stroke of luck in my first trading encounter in Forex, then I wouldn't be where I am today because uh, if I had just like blown multiple accounts at the start, I don't, don't think that I would have the basically this optimism in trading or to do better in trading so um but i think one good thing to note is that uh i think my psychology level is has been getting better over time so uh i feel that psychology is one of the most important aspects of trading because uh if you don't if you can't manage your greed if you can't manage your fear then that ultimately will lead to your downfall in trading so that's one thing that we focus a lot in our mentorships and whatnot. Uh, also, I think as myself in general, I, I'm not really a risk-averse person. So generally, I'm not afraid to take risks with my trade and whatnot. Uh, although generally, we stick within 1% to 3% for every trade in terms of our risk management. Uh, sometimes when there are opportunities like for example, the oil shorts in, in May this year. Yeah, so when there was that opportunity, basically I risked about uh, 30% of my account to take that trade, which is which is why I made quite a bit from that trade itself. Yeah, so... And on that yeah, particular the, trade, how did, you, how did you determine that this is one I'm going to risk the house on or 30% of the house? Oh, because uh, it was mainly fundamentally driven. Uh, also, because of the whole coronavirus situation and everything, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't think there would be much like air travel or basically much movement in the much movement uh, in terms of uh, traveling or basically even uh, with all the lockdowns imposed and all that. So I had a hunch that <laughs> that oil was going to drop, uh, and uh, thankfully enough, it it did <laughs> drop. And where did you decide to get out? Can I ask? Yeah, okay. So I entered the position at about, uh, I think, $36. And I exited at 16 So it's 200, 200 pips, 2,000 pips, sorry. Wow, great. Um, now, what about you, Jerome? Uh, do you think there's something that made you different from other people out there uh, or the actions that you took that other people may not be taking? Uh, yeah, for me, okay, so just talking about, like I mentioned just now um, earlier in our Singaporean forex community um there aren't a lot of 
scalpers per se. So I think um, one of the main difference that makes me stand out in the Singaporean community or or the other community that we have over here is that uh, I'm I'm I, I dabble into into scalping, which like I say, it's a more aggressive and more short term holding of uh, your positions. Um, and also one more thing that um, we always like to we always 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 mention always uh, reiterate in our mentorships is on the psychology aspect of uh, forex and we always has we always have this ratio that we always tell our students that um to us and also to your it should be for a uh, forex should be 80 percent psychology 15 percent technical and fundamental analysis and five percent luck because luck because um there are factors in the forex market that you can't control and also just going by that ratio you can already see that psychology is the most important and to me Personally, the main key that will determine you uh, being uh, the, the difference between a successful and a consistent uh, forex trader as compared to a break-even or a, a drawdown trader. And um, to me, technical and fundamental analysis, anything that is done on the charts or, or, or where you look to for information on the news, um, those over time with practice, you will be able to get it. Um, it's just a difference of, uh, it just, it's just a matter of uh, how long uh, comparing one trader to another. But I guess the main difference between a successful and a, and, and a non-successful trader is really the psychology part because there are some traders who can trade their whole career, their whole life, and they are still not able to get their psychology right. So I think uh, one thing that differentiated me was that at the start, um, one problem that I had was obviously the toxic trade, uh, toxic state of um, over-trading and revenge trading, and that was uh, mainly out because of uh, FOMO and fear and stuff like that. And so I would say that over time, I really, really managed to... Uh, and also, one more thing to mention is that because I trade on the lower time frames, um, and I trade on uh, quite volatile pairs, like for example, GJG, BJB, or I per se, and so FOMO is really, really very, very present. In, and also because uh, on the 30 minutes and 15 minute uh, chart, uh, candlesticks print faster and stuff like that, the movement is more erratic, and therefore um, FOMO is even more relevant or even more present there. Um, so... I would say that over time, I really managed to to, to curb that, and uh, I really managed I really managed to learn or really managed to have the discipline as to when to enter my trades or when to exit my trades. Um, because in scalping, it's very common for us to exit our trades early um, because we read the price action of the candlesticks on the lower time frame, and that gives us the information as to whether we should invalidate this trade even before it hits our stop loss or close partials and stuff like that. Yeah, interesting. Ed, I like that. It's very good. Uh analogy i suppose especially around the, the the scalping and if anyone out there is a scalper then uh it's words of wisdom there please listen to that again now um staying with you jerome if there was three things on a price chart you recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering what would they be i would say um the first the first thing is that uh always always focus whether you're scalping or whatever style of trading you you you, you may uh you may uh have uh, always, always first focus on the higher time frames. So do, do your top-down analysis. Always focus on your higher time frames um, down to your lower time frames first. Um, because um, just generally speaking from a scalper's perspective, because although we trade or although we take our trades on the lower time frames, but however, the overall, the higher time frame um, bias will always be more uh, relevant. And the higher time frame bias is always more accurate than the lower time frame bias. So I would say that um, one thing that I see a lot of common mistakes of uh, scalpers making is that because they get so trapped in the lower time frames, they always, often fail to scale and look at the bigger picture and they be caught in certain key levels which may reverse their trades. That's the first thing I would say. Um, second point, uh, I would say for, for traders who, who look at a price chart and, and again, talking from a scalper's perspective per se, is always, always try and use or uh, always remember to use uh, volume to your advantage. Um, because volume in scalping is very, very important for swing trading or intraday trading. No matter when you enter a trade, you often experience a volume surge. However, uh, in scalping, because we only hold our trades for about like two to three hours, four hours max a day, uh, we want to make use of the volume. So always, always take note of when, according to your, your country's uh, time zone, when uh, there is certain spikes in volume. So for example, your pre-London, your Asian close, your New York Stock ex- Exchange, stuff like that. Always take note of these um, volumes. And another thing, the third thing I would say, which I uh, kind of forgot to mention just now, is that um, I think one thing that really helped me 
to um, step up my trading uh, is basically trade journaling. And I think anybody who has dabbled in the forex market, whether they've learned it on themselves or through mentors or whatever, they definitely come across this term of trade journaling. And I'm sure everybody knows what trade journaling is. Record down your trades, reflect from it, see what mistakes there is, see any trends in your mistakes, and therefore from there you can come up with solutions. And I think everybody understands this concept, but I think trade journaling is one aspect of trading that has been really, really, really neglected. Uh, and I think that a lot of people do not practice that as, or maybe they do practice that at the start, but then after that, eventually, maybe about maybe one or two months into their trading, they in their trading journey, they get very lazy. But uh, I would say that um, trade journaling is something that really, really helped me. So it, it doesn't matter what kind of trade journey you do, whether you do it on a physical book, whether you do it on a Word document whatsoever, but always, always trade journal. Because to me, personally, um, I don't, how, how do I say this? Like, I, I don't think I learn, I, I don't learn much from my winning trades. I learn way, way more from my losing trades. Um, because in life, it's, it's the same thing. It's, 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 it, I would say that it's not, what's, it's not your success that defines you. It's more of like what's your mistakes and how you, how you overcome that that defines you. And to me, in, in Forex, the interesting thing about Forex is that I think that Forex is a representation of, of a person's uh, personality on the whole, just on the charts. Because basically in life, um, we, we also make a lot of rash decisions and stuff like that. That equates to consequences and stuff like that. And it's, it's just as simple in the Forex market. If we make impulsive decisions, we make, uh, like for example, I was mentioning earlier, we get FOMO, we enter a trade early, you know, our risk to reward is all over the place. Our entry is all off. You know, the, the possibility of us hitting stop losses compared to hitting take profit is definitely much higher. Um, so I would say that um, trade journal, correct? Trade journal and, and, and make sure that trade journaling is basically a, a visual representation of your, your mistakes and it allows you and gives you the opportunity to go back and revisit those mistakes and reflect on them. And uh, it's not just about trade journaling and just, okay, I'll journal my trades and I'll just leave it there. But it's also the second step, uh, more important step of going back to look at it, correct? And making sure that, okay, based on those mistakes that I made, how can I avoid them? And uh, set realistic goals for yourself in terms of like, okay, uh, maybe I made like five mistakes or a significant amount of mistakes on this particular, maybe for example, the 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 problem that I have with 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 trade uh, with journaling, I'm uh, sorry, with trading in general that's stopping me from being consistent is because maybe I'm making too impulsive entries. So based on your trade journaling, you know, come up with solutions how you can how you can prevent you know impulsive entries or prevent over trading, prevent revenge trading. Uh, and because I've come across a lot of traders and they, I, or even our students, for example, when they just started out and then they ask, I ask them, sorry, um, so have you done your trade journaling? And then a lot or more, or a lot of the common questions, that I, uh, common answers that I've heard is that, oh, yes, I did at the start and then after that, I no longer do it anymore. So um, my question to them is that, okay, why, why, why do you do it at the start and then you don't continue them? And then a lot of them just say that, okay, I just do it in my mind. I just trade journal in my mind. Uh, I, after I lose the trade, I mean, I look at it and I reflect. And then I tell them that, like, uh, and I just ask them a simple question and then, look, 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 how's your progress now? You know, like, a lot of people, they, they think that they can just trade journal in their mind. They, after they, they immediately take a bad trade or whatsoever, if they do reflect on it, they just reflect on it and just leave it there. However, like I said, it doesn't give them a re visual representation. It doesn't give them like a trading lot of the, 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 the mistakes that they made. It doesn't give them an opportunity to go back and revisit those mistakes. Because like I said, uh, it's, what, it's, it's your mistakes that define you and it's how you, you, you overcome them that, that is most important. Because in every successful trade or that we take or whatsoever, it's basically all the trades that go well. And so honestly, that's not, there's not much to learn from there because um, basically... Because it went well, it means that our analysis was right and stuff like that, you know. But the thing is that it's from your mistakes, okay, certain uh, factors that maybe you overlooked or did not think of prior to entering the trade. Um, that's why those mistakes were made and that's where basically all the learning comes mm. from. So say, um, yeah, these are basically the three points that yeah, cool. I would well, advise traders out there to, to, to focus on. Guys, if you aren't journaling after listening to that, then you've really got to have a hard look at yourself. Now, uh, Camille, have you got some, uh, some three pieces of, uh, I suppose, starting points that somebody could look at a price chart and start focusing on this week? Mm -hmm. um, so I think the first most important thing that you should be taking note of would be your higher time frame levels. Uh, so basically your higher time frame analysis. 
So like like Jerome said, um, anything on the high time frames would be basically your your monthly your monthly, weekly, your daily levels will always be stronger than your your hourly, your four hour levels. So yeah, that's one one of the most important things I feel that most most traders don't take note of because uh, when they go into the smaller time frames, they I mean your higher time frame levels usually they can be quite quite far away, so they usually neglect the higher time frame levels or basically the higher time frame bias the higher time frame trends so but the the thing is like if you don't follow your higher time frame analysis you usually you get you get confused because uh, in your smaller time frames you can have impulses here and there but uh, you you do not you fail to realize that these impulses are just corrections for the higher time frame moves and that at any point in time the pair can just reverse on you on the smaller time frames, but actually it's just a, a retest of a higher time frame level, for example, and then the trend continues in the original direction. So that's one, um, I think one of the very, very common mistakes that a lot of traders make. Um, the second mistake, I mean, the second thing that I think you should take note of would be, your, of course, your fundamental analysis, because uh, I think a lot of traders, um, just because they fail to understand how the fundamentals work, I, they just uh, avoid the whole fundamental analysis uh, in general. So I think that's one key thing that is very important in trading because uh, as much as we think that technical analysis drives the market, fundamental analysis is the, the thing that actually drives the market because, I mean, your banks and all that, your banks, your fund houses, they, they, I don't think they... <laughs> rely on technical analysis to to trade so most banks trade with fundamental analysis and basically the banks are or the we retail traders we strive to follow what the banks are doing and we're not trying to go against what the banks are doing so if the banks put heavy they put heavy influence on fundamental trading i think that's a key aspect of trading that we should not uh, neglect so yeah um I think that that's one thing that retail traders all should take note of, which is your fundamental analysis. And okay, you don't have to really, really understand the fundamental part of trading very well because uh, there's all these, uh, even your, basically your banks or your fundamental, your fund houses, they will release their fundamental statements. So for example, FOMC, they release their statements. And from there we can, we can have a, we we do have a rough gauge as to where the market is going because they will have their bias on the USD or whatsoever. So there'll be a dovish or the, uh, there'll be a dovish or hawkish outlook. So I think why why give yourself the trouble of really digesting all this news when you have all these experienced economists that have been working for the past uh, 20, 30 years that are already telling you that oh this market is hawkish, this market is bullish. So we can just use, just follow whatever views they have and we can incorporate it into our trading without actually putting in so much effort because uh, for some, it might be really taxing to go through all the news or whatsoever. So this is a more simplified approach if you're just going into fundamental analysis. But it's not, it's not to say that you can't trade solely with technical analysis. I just feel that it'll be more like there's, there's a more synergistic balance when you trade with your fundamental analysis combined with your technical analysis, which gives you a higher probability of success with your trades. Cool. And then um, have you got last, a, have you, oh, you've got a third yeah. thing, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, the last thing I, I would say is, mm, yeah, uh, always basically, always time your, your trades very well in terms of basically weight waiting for a good entry because uh, most of the time if you don't wait for good entries your risk to reward will be screwed uh, so basically if you uh, for myself I usually wait for a retest of a certain key level or basically uh, when price reaches uh, certain key monthly levels then I would just take a reversal trade but uh, that's a bit more dangerous but yeah, most of the time I'll just wait for price to hit certain key levels before taking a trade. So if the if price isn't it is in the midway to a certain key level, I'll just wait 
wait out and just wait to see how price reacts to my key levels first before taking any trades. Yeah. Okay. And and just a quick question on that because I, I what it's one of these things I sort of I've noticed over time and sometimes struggle with is when a price gets very very close to your key level and you're looking to enter at that level and say it's like a pip away. I mean, what do you what do you do in that case where if it shoots off and you know next minute it's like now would have been thirty pips in profit, but you missed the entry by one pip. What what happens in that case? Have you got a, a strategy to overcome that? Uh, so usually, if price uh, doesn't hit my key level and starts moving, uh, I usually do not take the trade. So I would just wait until the next retracement happens before taking a trade. Okay, yeah, right. So, so you'll still go in the trades. same direction, but you won't be entering at that key level. You're looking for the next key level. The next one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now, um, guys, we talked about mindset a couple of times here already in the show. Now, the the, the next question is really: Have you got any tips that the guys listening can can try and implement to help get a better mindset? I mean, we've already talked about journaling, so I think anything other than journaling would be um, would be great. So, Camille, do you want to have a, a crack at it? Okay, um, so, I mean, to improve your mindset, uh, I think mindset is is not just in terms of forex trading per se. So, it applies to your whole aspect of life. So, in terms of your mindset, if you, you can't have uh, a rash mindset in trading and in life. So, uh, to improve your mindset as a whole, I would say you must change your, your habits. So, for example, if you are actually, uh, so if, if, if you're a lazy person, so okay, I used to be a really, really lazy, lazy person. So, but then you must uh, try to give yourself a schedule. So if you're actually really lazy to wake up in your morning for maybe if you're, if you're a sculptor, you're lazy to wake up, you basically just force yourself to wake up or force yourself to do certain things. So if you neglect certain aspects of trading, like your your mindset, then uh, it's really, really hard to to make amends to it because uh, it's more interlinked with your, your life in general. So if you're a greedy person in general, I think uh, one way, uh, but one way to overcome your greed, honestly, to me, <laughs> is when you get hit by a very, very big loss or when you experience something out of your greed that causes a major detriment to your life uh, that would teach you that oh okay I think greed is not the best best thing to have in trading or in any aspect of life or in terms of fear once you once you experience a very bad trade out of or out of your fear or you lose a significant amount of your money then when you take those trades you you look back upon uh, what happened when you do make those mistakes and. I think yeah, like like Jerome said before, uh, you learn most from your mistakes. So, but in terms of your mindset, uh, honestly, apart from changing your habits, I don't think there's much you can do to improve your mindset. But um, you basically have to strive to make small small improvements in your mindset uh, as on a day to day basis. Yeah, I like that around changing your habits. Like, if you can change your personal habits, you've got a better chance of changing any bad habits you've got in a uh, with with regard to your trading. Now, Jerome, um, what about you? Have you got anything you can, you can add to that, or any other ideas? Yeah, I mean, since coming already, talk about having uh, trying trying to strive to have a good mindset. I will talk obviously maybe the other aspect of maybe having a poor mindset. So having a poor mindset in trading per se, I would say it uh, constitutes to these two terms that I think all traders have heard of before and that's over trading and revenge trading. So I mean over trading for all your listeners uh, who are not clear of that. Um, over trading basically stems from a winning streak, correct? So you win you win multiple trades in a row and then after that you think that you're invincible in the market, you start taking trades that you shouldn't be taking just because you're on a win streak and then therefore that translates into more losses and then you you overreach and stuff like that. And reverse trading is just basically the opposite. Reverse trading just stems from um, a, a losing streak, correct? So because you've lost uh, multiple trades in a row and then you feel that you want to get back your, you want to break even per se, so therefore you start taking more trades or 
uh, ridiculous trades that you shouldn't be taking just to try and cover back those losses. And the, the, the thing that is so toxic about over-trading <clears throat> and revenge trading is firstly, you don't know that you're doing it until, you're, until you've done it. And the second thing that I find so toxic about over-trading and revenge trading is that they are very interlinked. So, oh, so usually what happens is that you first, you start to over-trade because of a winning streak. Then after that, you, you, you lose everything, all your profits because you've over-traded. And then after that, you start revenge trading just to make back your profits or just to 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 break even per se so uh one tip that we share with our 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 traders and i'll share with your your listeners as well is that we have this extract rule all right and it differs for scalpers and uh swing traders because um like like everybody knows the uh the the frequency or the amount of trades that <clears throat> scalpers and swing traders take per week per se is very very different so for swing traders you're looking for anywhere from about three to five trades per week but the three to five trades is basically per day for scalpers so what we have is like an extract rule and that that is basically um the x is basically the amount of trades that you take in a particular time frame so let's just say for example per per day okay once you hit that 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 amount all right you're off the charts you're off the charts until the the, the, the next day all right so uh like for example uh, let's just say you have a three strike rule all right it doesn't matter whether it's three wins three losses two wins one loss two losses one wins as long as you hit the number three all right you're out of the market so this prevents you from over trading. This prevents you from uh, revenge trading. So uh, yeah, that's one 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 rule that I also stick by. So even right now, when I I, I suffer like uh, a few losses in a row or whatsoever, I'm off the market. Reset my psychology, and then when I come back, I'm making sure that uh, I've already reflected and already got over what happened prior to that, and I'm coming back with a fresh psychology and, and ready to, to to tackle the markets again. Yeah. Brilliant. I like that. That's that's really good. We've had that before in the show uh, with a, a varying, uh, I suppose, a, I suppose a, what, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> a, um, a variation of that, a variation of that where it was like this guy was saying you could have two wins and a loss or I think you couldn't have, if once you had two losses, you were done for the day, but he had a maximum yeah. of three. So yeah. if the first two were losses, he couldn't take the third trade. So yeah. it sounds like you guys have got more of a, like, you got a maximum of three. You can have three losses, but you can't have any more than three trades. So it's it's, it's a good good variation. Now, guys, um, we've because we've got two of you on the show here. We're not going to go through the quick fire round, but um, I want to give you guys a chance to to wrap up and let the guys listening uh, tell them how. The, what's the best way for them to get hold of you? Uh, so basically, for our for radical, you can find us on Instagram at uh, radical forex. Uh, for my personal Instagram, it's uh, morals and malice. Yeah. Uh, for Camille, his personal uh, for my Instagram, it's uh, camille.bma. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Look, guys, I tell you what, we'll hook those up all up in the show notes. Um, a big thank you to Camille and Jerome for sharing with us today everything we've discussed here, along with all those links that we've just talked about, will be in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Camille or Jerome or Radical Forex on tradingnut.com. And until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, so there we have an interview with Camille and Jerome done and dusted Radical Forex. Go and check them out. Now, uh, we did shoot that video after this, so go and check that out over there. Basically, everything's over there on tradingnut.com. Remember, merch coming up. It could be a few weeks away, so I'll let you know. Stay tuned for when that comes out. I'm sure you're going to love it. Uh, Now, that's coming up, and we've also got the live streams that are happening at the moment. The robot that you can get your hands on that's done 86% this year to date. And also, also, also my Robot Builders Club if you want to automate your own strategies or even just learn the skills so that you can pretty much open doors and doors and doors. All right, guys, until next time, catch you in the markets.